I have to have fun in spite of having MS. <laughs> Welcome to Far North Cobras. This is episode 84, March 11, 2018. With your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. Today, we celebrate Multiple Sclerosis Awareness Week. Couldn't have happened at a better time getting Lori Callahan on. Got connected up with Lori through a friend of mine, Misha. She has MS also, and first one that I knew personally that had MS. Such a positive lady, and Lori is no different. Lori's looking for a place to get her message out. She contacted some people about, do they have shows, podcasts? Yeah, I got something like that. Come on on, Lori. It's such a pleasure talking to her over the weekend. It's like anything. You don't know about stuff till it touches you personally. I'm sorry to say that I now know what MS is. At the same time, I'm happy. Education. Fuck MS. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Talk with you again. Welcome to Far North Tokers, Lori Callahan. Well, thanks for having me. It's nice to join you. Yeah, this is uh it's an interesting experience how how we came across. I'm not sure exactly how our paths crossed. It must it had to have been through Misha Misha. She's a friend of mine who has Yes. For some reason, just assumed you were in Alaska, and I'm trying to get a schedule hooked up with you. And you're you're in Ohio. I'm like, well, all right. Yeah, it's, in Ohio. <laughs> it changed things up a little bit. Not any, not anything. Just in my brain, it didn't affect anything really. Just how I was thinking about things. As we get into this, I want to get right into summarizing what multiple sclerosis is for people. Okay. That's one of my my biggest. I just hear it. You know, you hear it all the time, um, donate to it, awareness, but I really didn't. I'm, I'm sorry, Lori, and I'm sorry, Misha. I didn't know enough about it till this last week. So I'll let you go. You're fine. You're fine. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people that I connect with don't even really understand or know what multiple sclerosis is until someone explains it to them. Right. Yeah, or until it, it affects your, you personally, right? It does. Um, it's a neurological disorder is what it is. I woke up one day and I couldn't walk on my right leg. This was back in uh, September of 2008. And um, connecting uh, with Misha, I love her, by the way. Hi, Misha. <laughs> she, Yeah, she got diagnosed, I think, a year before I did. And um, it, it develops through time. Uh, what it does is it destroys the myelin on your nerves, which connects to your muscles. And it, it deteriorates your nerves. It, it's an unfortunate illness, but it happens. I think it happens to people for a reason. Uh, I know that it's happened to me for a reason because it's changed me as a person through the years. 
It's been a, a very uh, debilitating uh, illness, as Misha would know. But we're fighters. That's the biggest thing. There's not enough awareness out there about MS, especially in the state of Ohio. I don't know how it is up there in Alaska. Uh, is me and Misha the only ones that you know that have MS? You know, to be honest, I don't know because I'm not sure if I would know if Misha oh. had it. If she, if I didn't get to know her, uh, just a little bit deeper than surface, you know, yes. uh, it seems like she hides it very well. We all and, and do. Just oh yes, yeah. we all do. That's what I'm saying. So who knows? Right, I, you never know because I get a lot of "you don't look sick" type of comments when I first tell people that I have MS. It's the furthest thing from the truth because we all of us MSers to a certain degree look uh, really great on the outside. It's just our immune systems and our nerves and our muscles that are attacking the inside of our bodies, uh, which wears down. Each MSer is uh, especially unique in their symptoms, not one of us is, is like the same. We all have similar symptoms, but we all go through different symptoms, if that makes sense. <laughs> sure. Well, the nervous system is huge. It covers the whole body. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, when I first came down with it back in 2008, it, it literally scared the crap out of me because I, lo I woke up and I just couldn't walk. I had no use of my right leg whatsoever. And um, I was in a tremendous amount of pain and ended up staying in the hospital for about two weeks, going through the proper testing and all that good jazz. And finally, in December of 2008, I was diagnosed. And it's a... Uh, it's a life changer. You have to change your complete lifestyle. I've learned so much in 10 years that I've had MS. It's unreal. <laughs> Can you describe what it was like that morning? You, you went to bed. Everything was normal. You weren't sick. There was no issues. Yeah. The night before, I felt something weird. I, I told my boyfriend at the time that I was with, I, I said, something's not right. You know, I just didn't feel right. It's like. I was drunk, but I had no alcohol in my system whatsoever. I, I, I'm not a big drinker anymore, haven't been for years, but it was like that. And I just woke up that next morning and I started screaming because I had no use of my right leg. And I was in a tremendous amount of pain, like I told you, and it was just life altering. It, it's almost like the best way I can describe it every day now, it's like having the world's worst hangover. <laughs> mm. it, it, oh, no. um, that's been the, uh, the thing in the MS community. It's we're not drunk. We have MS. You're going to notice during this interview that I stutter a little bit. I slur my words. My words get jumbled up. We all have balance issues. It, it just affects us differently. My main symptoms are pain and balance problems and uh, stuttering of my words. And it's just you never know what you're going to feel like uh, when you wake up each day. To go to sleep in one reality and you imagine yourself waking up and standing up and touching the floor, right? That's part of our our worldview. When we stand up, we touch the floor. Right. And you woke up and you couldn't do that. Right. Couldn't even move. And it, mm. was, it was scary. It's almost like 
I, I took walking and the use of my leg for granted. Everybody does. Uh, until you get in the position that you no, no longer have the use of an arm or a leg or something, I can't stress this enough. It, it completely changes you emotionally and physically as a human being. Um, it makes you more humble. It makes you more emotionally connected to others that have MS. It changes you. It really, really changes you. It makes you a fighter. I, I love to walk. I, I can't stop walking now. <laughs> How many miles a day do you do? Well, I work a full-time job. So I'm in a very energetic position. I work at a newspaper printing company. And so I'm constantly walking around. Uh, it's form of exercise but it's not it takes a toll on me at times ms progresses over the years uh, some it develops a little bit faster in others i've been fortunate enough in the past 10 years i've i've had quite a few relapses but i'm now going into the progressive state of ms which is another life altering uh, scary thing i'm going to have to face but, you know, like I say, it just it turns you in, into the biggest fight of your life. Because a vision softly creeping Left its scenes while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still Do all the symptoms just get worse in this next stage? Is that what happens? Yeah, they do. One thing I want to make perfectly clear is there was a a myth long ago about MS, that MS was fatal. MS is not fatal. Yes, everybody's going to die one day. I'm going to die one day. I'm I'm not going to die because of MS. I'm, I'm going to have MS in me, but it is not fatal. Uh, a lot of people, like my best man friend that just recently got diagnosed with uh, relapsing, remitting uh, multiple sclerosis about a week ago, his mom was freaking out because she had read on the internet that MS was fatal, and it's not. So, yeah, I want to make that perfectly clear. It's not fatal. It's something that can be managed. Uh, the best thing that I use to manage it right now is cannabis and CBD. What would you think if I sang out a tune? Would you stand up and walk Now be a patron Far North Tokers at patreon.com slash midtoker. Listeners supporting the artist financially for as little as $2 a month. You can steer the show through guest suggestions and reviews. Patreon helps continue new weekly shows. Let's me know Far North Tokers is important to you, and I can just keep on keeping it. Thank you. Special nod this week to new patrons Marilyn Berglund, Carrie Mullis, and Aaron Worley. And also Peggy Peters and Ramlin Ranger for being first. Thank you for supporting Far North How did you find cannabis? Were you a user of cannabis prior to being diagnosed with MS? Yes, sir. I was. I've always had cannabis in my life. 
I'm I'm looking back on it now and I realize it, it's been an essential part of my life because it's it's calmed me down. I've always been high strung. I get that from my dad. But yes, I've always had it in my life. But when I got diagnosed with MS, it became a uh, a very prominent thing in my life. I didn't discover CBD, uh, CBD until about two years ago. Two years ago, I went to a cannabis expo here in Ohio and met lovely gentlemen from Queen City Hemp. And I uh, was the first person with multiple sclerosis to try their products and it instantly worked and it instantly changed my life for the better. What does instantly work mean? It took the pain away. When I took it the first day, my pain is at a constant eight or nine every day. Uh, the first day I mm. took it, it knocked it down to about a two. How are you not screaming? Or are you screaming? Right. I mean, it's amazing how much CBD and cannabis is helpful. Now, me, myself, I have to have the THC plus the CBD combo due for the fact that THC relaxes my muscles. CBD helps with my mood issues that I have regarding MS, unfortunately, and my pain. You were a prior consumer to cannabis prior to being diagnosed. Do you find that people you talk to now that have MS that maybe still have a stigma to cannabis are reluctant to go THC and just stick to CBDs? It's a mixed thing here in Ohio. Yeah, just people are people, huh? Yes. Medical passed two years ago. They have no program up and running yet. There are patients suffering so dramatically here in Ohio. I'm finding, yes, there is still a, a stigma attached to cannabis, not so much on the CBD. CBD is becoming more and more vocal in my area. I'm just not afraid to talk about it both. THC and CBD is a, a dramatic regimen of mine every day because it's the best thing I have found because when I first got diagnosed with all this stuff, I was on 12 pills a day. It was doing nothing but making me sicker. So I made the conscious choice to take myself off all those pharmaceuticals, and I'm down to two now. I'm hoping to get off of those, and it's all due to the dramatic shift because I found CBD. Wow. How, are you, how do your doctors feel about you? I mean, you dropped 90% of your farms. Right. I have open conversations with both my uh, primary care physician as well as my neurologist. They are for cannabis. The situation in Ohio is still sticky because they are just now dishing out the uh, programs to where doctors can go and get certified to be able to recommend here. So they're still kind of leery about the medical marijuana program here in Ohio. But there are doctors out there, there are nurses out there that are very, very receptive to cannabis and CBD because I have had so many conversations with my neurologist, my primary care physician. I've had to go to the emergency room a few times over the past several years. And it's surprising how many healthcare professionals are receptive to it. There's just not enough education available here in Ohio where they can gain the knowledge that they need to gain. Right. And their education was not any kind of pro-cannabis. Right. 
again, it's, it resorts back to the word that you said before. It's the stigma that's attached to uh, cannabis. I've had a doctor tell me they don't want to risk losing their license, which is understandable. I mean, it's a scary, scary thing. Um, unfortunately, it's still illegal on a federal level, which I think, you know, it needs to change. But the states are doing what they need to do to help the patients that are suffering. So they are getting a little bit more receptive here on the East Coast. I've always said, because I keep close tabs on the West Coast, because I used to live on the West Coast, I believe that if the East Coast would follow suit with the West Coast, we would be up to speed with you guys. <laughs> That's just my it, it will opinion. <laughs> It'll definitely happen. Uh, I hope so. There is a small group of ladies here in Ohio. One of them has a primary uh, progressive MS to where she is in a wheelchair and she's advocating for medical marijuana. And there's, I'm meeting more and more people in my area that have MS, unfortunately. It's not as uncommon of a diagnosis as it used to be. It's becoming more common it's to the point, though, where we're becoming impatient with the government officials here in Ohio because they're dragging their butts. In the sound of silence, in restless dreams I walked alone, narrow streets of cobblestone. In Alaska, we've had a medical cannabis. It's been allowed for 15 years, but there's been no access. Oh. How, yeah, we've we've had medicinal marijuana legal for a while. They've just given no access, and we've had this Raven's Law uh, that uh, is a high privacy need. That So if it's in your house, they're not messing with you. MarijuanaDoctors.com Alaska Medical Marijuana Program Information In 2014, Alaska voters approved the legalization of recreational marijuana use by a 53-47% margin. However, the state Supreme Court ruled nearly 40 years earlier that adults could legally possess and use small amounts of weed in their homes. The Alaska Medical Marijuana Program allows patients to have up to one ounce in their possession. While most residents and officials have a somewhat relaxed view when it comes to marijuana, there are occasionally some issues that cause consternation among the more conservative people in the state. For example, in February 2017, the Alaska Marijuana Control Board was considering a proposal that would allow people shopping in retail cannabis stores to smoke inside those stores. However, due to concerns of secondhand smoke, as well as resistance toward drawing too much attention to marijuana use in the state, the board decided to pull the proposal off of the table. There were a lot of concerns with the establishment of a new administration that the federal government would crack down on pot use in states such as Alaska where it's legal. However, a spokesperson with the Alaska Attorney General's office said she didn't believe the federal government could overturn state law. She also stated that she believed federal enforcement would continue to focus on keeping marijuana revenue from major criminal enterprises and distribution to minors. Bout Measure 8 was passed on November 3, 1998 by 58% of voters. The state of Alaska medical marijuana program became effective March 4, 1999, legally allowing patients to receive an Alaska medical marijuana letter recommendation from a certified physician. 
Patients must apply for a state-issued medical marijuana ID card and have the ability to grow and or purchase marijuana for medicinal use per Alaska state guidelines. On June 2, 1999, Senate Bill 94 was amended, mandating that all patients seeking legal protection under this act must enroll in the state patient registry and possess a valid identification card. Patients who do not enroll in the registry will not be able to argue the affirmative defense of medical necessity if they are arrested on cannabis charges. The Alaska statute, Title 17, Chapter 37, has been updated to create a confidential statewide registry of medical marijuana patients and caregivers by establishing a state identification card. From Relief Alaska, medical marijuana doctors, Lori Brandt. Benefits include reciprocity, card is valid in other medical states. I know definitely Las Vegas, not sure about others. Grow your own medicine, extended plant count available, 24 plants, along with your six recreational. Locally owned and operated, support local. They say they'll beat any competitor price. That's Relief Alaska, medical marijuana doctors. 907-250-5453. Lori Brandt, Relief Alaska. Dedicated to the medicated. And now that we have rec, that kind of overrides our medical. And in Alaska, our medical patients are being left behind because of the rec industry has taken hold. How do you get your medicine? Um, I, here, unfortunately, I have to go through the black market. Black market lives matter. I've always had a, a, a cannabis-friendly guy, you know, that I trusted for 30-something years. He's always been my go-to guy. Unfortunately, I have had some shady connects that happens in the black market. Also, too, in the black market... You don't know sometimes what you're getting. Um, I, right. I need those strains that are good for, I have insomnia because of MS um, in my pain. I need a good strain that will help me sleep better at night. You know, I, I want to be able to go into a, a, a dispensary, feel safe and pick out my medicine, you know, that tailors to my specific symptoms. That's one of the most common questions that any newcomer to cannabis is going to ask is, what is a good strain for sleep? So, Lori, what have you found? What have you found that works for you? I, I've tried a lot of different strains here recently, actually. I come across a strain called cheese. <laughs> mm, just straight up any kind of cheese, huh? Yeah, it's yeah. called cheese. And that is the best strain I have found for insomnia I like Gorilla Glue for daytime use. I like Agent Orange for daytime use. Let's see. I've had uh, some Purple OG, which is fabulous. Mm, yes. Yeah. It, it's just the guy that get my cannabis from is getting in the habit of asking, you know, what strain is this? Do I know? We need to have safe access here so that not only myself, because I have MS, you know, I have friends that have fibromyalgia and cancer, all different kinds of invisible illnesses and chronic illnesses that need a safe place to go and pick out their meds from a, from a knowledgeable person about cannabis. It's it's coming, Lori. It's coming your way. It's coming to a state near you. Right. <laughs> 
how do you how do you choose to consume how do you choose how do you choose uh, blah how do you consume your <laughs> uh cbds well um thankfully because i personally know the owners of queen city hemp which is um born and raised here in cincinnati ohio they supply me anytime that i need a cbd i take 750 milligrams of CBD and hemp oil, and I also give away bottles that they send me. So I'm hooked up on the CBD. I've learned how to make my own edibles. Edibles, for some reason, seem to work the best for every single symptom that I have with multiple sclerosis. The bigger entourage, do you use just CBDs or when you use edibles, are you using a THC flower? Well, you know, sometimes when you do an edible, People don't really know the correct way to do them. So they're like, oh, I'm going to eat this whole thing. Oh, I'm not feeling something in a half an hour, 45 minutes or an hour. So I'm going to eat some more. And they get way up in the clouds. Well, CBD can counteract that um, THC effect. I have learned over the years to microdose. Marijuana is now legal in Alaska. Here's what you need to know. The legal age for use is 21. Marijuana can affect people differently based on body type and history of use. It can take a while for the full effects to kick in, especially with food and drinks made with marijuana. These aren't your grandma's brownies. Today's THC levels can be a lot higher. Steer clear if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Careful with cannabis edibles. They look like treats, but will make little ones sick. Learn more at marijuana.dhss.alaska.gov. When you microdose, it lasts you a little bit longer during the day with an edible. Uh, so therefore, I just, I'll get up in the morning, I'll take a little bit of edible when I make them, and I'll take my CBD oil, and I will be good up until about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It gets me through work. Are you a baked goods or a candy? I'm not venturing into the candy so much yet. I have a couple of recipes Right now, I've just been doing, I make blondie brownies. I also make can of oil, which I coat on pretzels and crackers. I am venturing into making caramels. So that's a, a good thing I'm trying to make right now. I've just been so busy lately. I've been slacking off on my edibles. <laughs> no, you stick with easy and you know before you, you don't, because one, you don't want to mess up your raw material. Right. Right. Another trick I have found is that my leftover, like chocolate shavings, I have a friend that makes little chocolates. I'll put it in my coffee or cookie crumbles that I make. I'll put that in my coffee as well. That's a, a very, very good way to microdose. And it's good. <laughs> I've infused meals before uh, with can of oil. I've made pasta you know, in a, in used it, cooked it in a can of oil and stuff like that. I have a recipe book. I said, yeah, you know, in the future, I'm going to venture out and um, try to make some more things. And hopefully once the program gets set up here in Ohio, I'll have a lot to choose from. Right. It keeps the mind active, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Not that it doesn't sound like you need to have any kind of mind stimulation. <laughs> Well, you know, it sounds to me like, you know, I never knew that about Alaska. It seems to me like your program has been going for just about as long as California. It's been legal. Okay. You could always use it as a, as a defense in things, but there was no access. There was no stores. You had to grow it yourself. 
you couldn't give it to any you, you couldn't get it to anybody that would still illegal um, I believe there were some patients registered with the government. It, it became a big privacy issue. Right. No one worried about it because you you couldn't touch anybody through privacy. Right. Well, the bill they have here in Ohio, it's House Bill 523. And God bless Senator Kenny Yuko for getting it passed. Uh, I'm very thankful and grateful to him that he started this whole thing. But the way they have the bill is not really going to there's a lot of people fighting over the fact that there's no home grow in the bill you know and we can only do oils and vapes and edibles uh, so what i'm doing i'm following the law uh, according to what they set here in ohio but a lot of people are arguing against it because they want to be able to freely grow their own which i understand i, I completely understand because when you're growing your own, you're doing it yourself and you know exactly what you're getting. You sounds like Ohio's going the way of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania just went medical. Yes. And they're having no flour. You can only have oils and concentrates and no home grows. So it might just be that East Coast still control. We'll give you a little bit. Not not everything yet. Right. It very well could be. Um, Pennsylvania is actually ahead of us. Because they have a couple of dispensaries, I believe, already open, and they passed their bill. It was either the same time Ohio did or shortly thereafter, but they are a little ahead of the game on us. I know Maryland up there took four years to set up their program. New York is very restrictive on what you're allowed up there. And there's a lot of um, East Coast states over here that they're just very leery and it, again it's the stigma attached to cannabis they're viewing us over here as downright criminals when we're not we're just taking charge of our health taking options and, and it works well, you're sitting there saying that you've come off those medications 90 percent of your medications with cannabis Right. And it's, it's, I've never felt better for the past two years. I was in a, a long-term relationship. I felt good then, but I didn't feel as great as I do with having CBD. Now, don't get me wrong. MS, I have very bad days. There's some things with MS that you just cannot control. So it overtakes you and it runs you down. Like today, because I've done so much in the past two weeks, I've had to just lay around in my pajamas and have a lazy day, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's limitations that MSers have to realize that they have. I'm in my pajamas now too, Laura. So <laughs> we're, we're good. That's the beautiful thing about Skype. These interviews can just, we can just be in our comfortable zone. Right. Well, I, I greatly appreciate you giving me this opportunity to, you know, get my story out there and tell people that cannabis and CBD does really work. I mean, it's it's the best thing I've found because I felt like a a zombie being on pharmaceuticals. It, it, it was. It was almost like you were in a zombie-like state. That's the only way I can put it. And I just felt that I, w I was damaging my health more by taking all of that stuff. And in the naked light I saw 10,000 people, maybe more
if your friends and family reacted to you being so were you open with cannabis prior to ms no um well I, so how's all your family and friends feel about that now? Um, I've always been open with my cannabis use uh, to my friends and my family, yes, um, until a couple of years ago or last year or something when I just decided, you know, as you know, to start doing my Facebook Live videos because I feel that I'm here for a purpose. I'm here because I have the power of having a loud mouth <laughs> and not being able to, I'm not afraid to speak what's on my mind. And when something like this is life altering and can save somebody's life, it's worth me opening my mouth and sharing the knowledge that I have with others. You're doing a great job at it. Well, thank you. Getting on Facebook Live so much and a lot of time you're spending getting out there and spreading that message. Well, I appreciate it. I've been slacking off on them a little bit. Like I say, unfortunately, one of my best friends just got diagnosed with MS last week and he was in the hospital and I've been trying to look after him and I've known him for 30 years and it, it's just so unfortunate that him and I now have the same illness. But I am there to help guide him through this. You know, he understands it a little bit better now. It must have been very painful for you to hear that he was going to be entering your your world, but then also somewhat happy that strange emotions can happen in those times, can't they? Yes. It, it was a very up and down thing there for um, quite a few days. Um you know, I swim and we cry privately. It was just very heartbreaking that he unfortunately has MS, but he's very thankful that I'm in his life so that I can help him through it. And it's weird because it's affecting his right side as well. I think sometimes symptoms vary in men and women with MS. I need to reach out to a lot more of my guy friends on Facebook that do have MS so that I can relay, you know, their knowledge and, and their treatment to my friend to get him through it. But I've already started him on CBD. He's getting better by the day. He's he's doing great. That's good. That's good to hear. One of the symptoms is fatigue. And you were talking about that, just kind of blazing around and taking some time today. You have so many projects that you're involved in too. It was... I, I don't want to say difficult for us to connect here over the last week because I, I didn't want it to be, but things just came up right. and it, on on both sides. And it was good to be able to just give that space and we'll, we'll get it there. But you have to have missed opportunities with friends, projects, jobs right? because of MS. Well, everybody has lives, you know, I'm able, I, right. I'm really thankful we're talking now. I, I greatly appreciate this, this opportunity. I can't thank you enough, man. No, this is awesome for us too. Love it. People writing songs and voices never share no one dare disturb the sun. Silence. You were saying earlier about your love of walking. Okay. Is that one of the things that you that you miss 
most, I mean, about this time, not having the energy to walk or are there things that you just can't do anymore yeah. that you used to be able to do that you? Yeah. Um, yes. I got a very, very good explanation. I follow this chick on YouTube. Her name is Jane Drow and she lives out in California and she's had multiple sclerosis for 16 years. She does YouTube videos and she did the perfect one the other day talking about MS fatigue. And the best explanation is, you know how like when you're on a long road trip and you get really, really tired, Sure. you know, say you're going thousand miles or something and it just, it totally exhausts you. That is what MS yeah, seeing things. Yes. That is what MS fatigue is like when you get MS fatigue and it hits you. It's something that you can't control. You have to either lay down and take a nap or you have to sit down somewhere you can just feel MS fatigue coming on. How soon? Well, I knew yesterday when I got home from work that I was going to have to uh, be lazy today. Yesterday was a very strenuous day at work. And as soon as I got in my car, I thought to myself, okay, tomorrow is the day I'm going to take to rest. And it's almost like the day before you feel the MS fatigue hit. This isn't every MSer. This is just my personal symptoms. But yes, it feels like uh, you're on a very long road trip and you have to sleep. Does sleep fix things or you never know how long it's going to take? It does for me. I could sleep for 14, 15 hours with having MS fatigue. Sometimes it lasts more than a day, sure. Rainy days for me are the worst. You do not know. Silence like a cancer grows. Hear my words and I'm a Rainy days seem to hurt my muscles worse, get me down to the point to where I just feel utterly exhausted. So yeah, it's it varies. It's it's been called the snowflake disease. I've heard because no two MSers are alike, but I'm finding out more and more that that's incorrect because a lot of us MSers are alike in some symptoms because we all have fatigue. We all have balance issues. Some just progress a little bit faster than others. How how is yours progressing? Is it baby bear, medium? Um, Well, I have no new lesions on my brain or spinal cord. I have 12 lesions on my brain and I have three on my spinal cord. So I have no new lesions as of yet. I am having a little bit more difficulty with my legs feeling heavy, like they're going to give out, which they have. And it scares me because I have a 40-minute to and from work drive. So I've had my leg give out on me when I'm driving home, which has scared me. So I'm getting a little bit more difficulty with balance issues and, and leg issues. As a medical patient, do you ever just get high? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because nice. There's days where I'm feeling great, you know, and I'm just sitting here and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get high just because I can because it's the best feeling to me. 
because it calms me down and it relaxes my muscles. So yeah, I, there are days, and especially if I'm hanging out with one of my friends or something. Oh yeah, we just sit around and talk and smoke and you know just have a, a good time. I have to have fun in spite of having MS. <laughs> yeah, nice. One of your your quotes that I heard you say was there when talking to MS patients that have not been introduced to cannabis, something better out there for them. It's a better quality of life. It is. It's a better quality of life. It dramatically changes your life. It gives you a better active lifestyle. Even though when you do have MS, you have to change, you know, your eating habits, you have to exercise, you have to keep going, you have to keep pushing. But yes, cannabis and CBD is the best thing I have ever found in 10 years of having MS and I will not change it. Thank you so much, Lori, for coming on and being who you are. Well, thank you. Please, I, I want you to come on again. <laughs> Anytime you want to come on again and talk about what's going on there in Ohio, give us an update on the MMJ world of Ohio. Okay, I would love to do that. The program is supposed to be fully functional by September of this year, so I will definitely keep you updated. Yes, let us know what's going on. As going through it, the recreational, that was much different, I'm sure, than what you're going to be facing, but you'll have access and you'll have that same glee. Of, have you been to any shop like outside of Ohio? Um, I actually visited Amsterdam two years ago. <laughs> So, all right, I'm, I'm going to put away my stories, Lori, and <laughs> you've been to the the official mecca of worldwide I have, and I have a friend of 22 years that lives over there, and I tell you, if you ever get the chance to go to Amsterdam, please do it, because it is the best freedom you will ever feel in your entire life. Uh, I, I bet. We... We have legalization here, but you still can't smoke outside. You still can't. There's no on-site consumption. We had one club that was open for maybe a month, and that that was some that was some joy sitting oh, in there it. smoking with people I, I never it. met before and completely allowed to do it. No hidden things. Yeah. Okay, so you guys don't have medical dispensaries up there for patients? No, it's all recreational. Oh it's God. medical patients can get cannabis the same way anyone else can right. if they have a card there's certain benefits to them they can have an extended plant count okay. there's some states if we get you know a lot of people from alaska travel a lot of places so right i know in vegas our card still would work there right which would be really nice benefit of medical if they made it if they made your card work in all states but that's not always the case right right now we have something that's called affirmative de uh, defense but there, there are centers here that are scamming people to give them a fake medical marijuana card and telling them that it's okay to cross state lines and go to Michigan and get their meds. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's unfortunate that that happens, but I'm, I'm being patient. I'm still going to do what I need to do to keep myself healthy, and um, I'm still going to shout it out to the world that cannabis and CBD helps everybody. Black market lives matter. Right. Agreed. I so agree with that. Black market lives matter. And the sign said the words of the prophets are written on the subway walls and tenement halls. 
Right, and Lori, fuck MS too, right? Right, fuck MS, and I appreciate it so much. It's been a joy talking to you today. Thank you so much. You too, Lori. You take care of yourself and uh, rest up the rest of the day and tear apart the world next week. You too. Have a wonderful evening, and I shall talk to you very soon. All right. Thank you, Lori. All right. Hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. And now, Patreon. Help support the show financially at patreon.com slash midtoker. Here's Token. Here's Token.